Perfect. All right. Three, two, one. like the music. Thanks, man. Folks, welcome back to an edition of Sheck Sports, brought by Anchor. Anchor, get your voice out there. Uh, that intro song was Summer by Marshall on the Joy Time album. That was back in 2016. But I think it's a good soccer hit. Um, on the show today is my good friend and colleague, Henry Smith. Henry, welcome to the air. Thanks for having me. I know we've been uh, talking about this for a long time, both of us uh, passionate soccer fans. So oh, great, yeah, to finally, great to finally have you on the air. Dude, I'm happy to be here. Very, very. So, uh, yeah, I guess, um, first of all, uh, how, how are you doing during this uh, crazy time that our world is experiencing? How, sorry, can you say that again? How are you doing with everything happening with uh, COVID-19? How's, I how's mean, I'm, I'm hanging in there. It's been tough without soccer. Yeah. You know, speaking of soccer, uh, especially with, with the way everything was going, middle Champions League, yeah. uh, you know, finishing up the English Premier League season, sure. even though I think it was pretty inevitable that Liverpool was going to win that. Yeah. Um, I think we had some good second legs coming yeah. for Champions League, and um, I was yeah. really looking forward to those, but hopefully we'll be able to tune into those, you know, sometime soon. I agree. I agree. Well, everyone out there, uh, it's funny, Henry and I uh, both work for Tide of S. Shout out to uh, Brian Tormey and the crew um, and everyone part of the TV team. And coming up, it's a small world. There's one day back in the summer in the office, uh, I was up front reception. Uh, I saw Henry walking around with some Gettysburg phone. I was like, really, could, uh, could this be another Centennial Conference uh, alum? And uh, happens out. Yep, it's true. I went to uh, McDaniel College. Henry went to Gettysburg. So, uh, Henry, yeah, for all the uh, folks out there listening to the show, um, tell us a little about your uh, your soccer background. Yeah, so I um, I grew up in Westfield in central New Jersey. Um, I was playing club, you know, throughout my whole life, playing uh, for, for the Westfield club team when I was younger. And then that developed into this team called FC Premier when they started, you know, creating these club teams and these academy teams. And then um, I played for a team called Everton, which formed into FCNJ. And uh, after that, I uh, went to Gettysburg College and Mm -hmm. played soccer there for four years in the Centennial Conference. Mm -hmm. And it was great. I mean, I was having a tough time. I was looking at a couple D1 schools uh, along with a few other D3 schools aside from Gettysburg in the Centennial. And um, I ultimately ended up choosing Gettysburg, and it was a great decision just because, you know, you have that great social life, soccer balance. Sure. You're also playing pretty competitively, and, um, you know, it's, it's a commitment just like yeah. anything else. And um, I loved it. I mean, we, we played a lot of good teams, and, you know, playing the Centennial Conference was tough year in and year out, and, um, you know, you mix in Messiah and York and um, a couple of those other teams out of conference, and, you know, you're you're getting a really competitive season out of it. So 
No, I, I loved it. Um, I felt like, you know, year in and year out, there were about five or four teams from the Centennial Conference itself um, that always found themselves nationally ranked. I think we were nationally ranked my junior and senior year. You know, you always yeah. got Hopkins, you always got F&M, you always got um, Haverford and Dickinson. So, you know, we would always really start out uh, pretty strong out of conference for those first seven, eight games. I think, you know, my sophomore to senior uh, year, we were like seven and one or eight and one, and then we hit conference play and we found ourselves, you know, going 500 or, you know, having a tougher time there just because the competition was really tough. So right. it was a little bit like the EPL in that sense, I think. I think any team could kind of surprise any team. You know, yeah. even your alma mater, McDaniel, would, would put up some tough teams, and I think they had a couple shockers uh, along the way as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved, uh, loved hearing, hearing, obviously, your story and um, getting it to everyone out who's, who's going to be tuning into the show. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Centennial Conference, we've talked about it countless times, I think, in terms nationally for Division Three, it's it's one of the most competitive. Um, great, think, great play. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Centennial, NESCAC's pretty tough. You see Williams and Amherst, yes. uh, you know, making a name for themselves year yes. in and year out. So, no, I, I think there's no lack of competitiveness throughout the conferences. Um, Messiah was always a tough one. We had a couple nice battles with them my junior and senior year. Yeah. We actually tied them. Junior year was a little different because, you know, we were kind of grinding that one out. They had probably 99% of possession. But um, my senior year, actually, we had a, we had a nail-biter. We went to OT with them 2-2 and uh, pulled out the draw. But, no, those, those are the best games, honestly. Uh, you know, the more competitive games where you're really grinding it out versus, uh, you know, those other great D3 teams are, are kind of what you play for. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I certainly, uh, yeah, even, you know, even for a, a Division three school, um, I remember going to, you know, countless, either it was men's soccer games or, you know, the women's soccer games. And I, I hats off to the program McDaniel has. They've performed outstanding since uh, since we were both in college. Uh, and they're yeah. so Sandy. I think, I think she's got over 100 career wins. But, yeah, definitely. I think overall a, a strong conference, any team, you know, can be in the fight, and uh, yeah, very competitive. And I hats off to all the student student athletes out there working very hard because obviously, as you know, in comparison to Division One D three, there are no scholarships, so everyone is uh, obviously you know working hard on and off the field. Yeah, um, and yeah, very very good. I think uh, reviews all around, especially for lacrosse. You know, coming from a high school on the uh, Long Island. Uh, uh, a lot of, you know, player. I know a few players that, you know, have gone to Hopkins and, and F&M, uh, Dickinson, Gettysburg. I know their women's team yeah. won the national championship a year or two ago. Yeah. I'm correct. Um, so, overall, I think Centennial is, is very strong. And, obviously, yeah, it's uh, a shame that many uh, seasons, you know, were cut short due to um, the, the recent coronavirus outbreak. Um, so, yes, now from shifting to college, over to uh, the English Premier League, which, you know, if we were in the office, we would be, you know, talking about daily. And obviously we're sending, you know, uh, videos back and forth on Instagram with highlights. Uh, this season, um, I think, you know, as you were stating in the beginning of the show, um, myself, you know, being a Manchester United fan or whether you're a Burnley fan, Leicester City, I think everyone was, you know, honestly just waiting to see Liverpool 
uh, win the league. They, they would have been the first team uh, to complete that before April. Um, and just seeing their run this season was just phenomenal. Uh, Salah, um, Mane, you know, all the players that that, that club has, and, and Klopp with his phenomenal coaching mentality and really what um, it means for the fans. I think Liverpool fans are some of the most passionate in the world, especially with the journey that club's gone through. Um, but obviously, you know, since uh, the season was cut short with everything else, you know, what what were your biggest, I guess, takeaways from, you know, this season before it obviously came to a halt? Well, I think my first takeaway would be that Liverpool is going to win the league. And I think if they had to cut the season short, I think, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty interesting situation. I mean, that goes without being said. Right. Um, but you, you haven't really seen this ever. I, I don't know. I can't think of a time where we've seen, you know, seasons be suspended the way they are. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's tough because I'm one of those guys where, like, you know, if you didn't play a full season, it's not a full season. But I think, if anything, the season Liverpool put together, that's, that's the best argument argument you can make for, you know, handing handing a trophy, a, a trophy over to somebody, uh, you know, with without, you know, completing a full season. And I think you'd yeah. even find that a lot of those other coaches of those club teams would say the same. Um, you know, they're great. I, that team right now is, like, pretty phenomenal. I think you yeah. can take everybody in that starting 11, and even though, you know, he doesn't start, you got Oxley Chamberlain and you know, Lalana coming off the bench, and you could put them on any other team, and they could be starting. Um, yeah. But yeah, you got eleven guys who I think are like world class, and um, you know, at, at the best of their game right now, and um, they're just a fun team to watch. They're kind of turning mm-hmm. into one of those little dynasties. Um, I didn't personally think that they were going to win Champions League, just because I'm uh, a little superstitious about anybody repeating aside from obviously that Real Madrid team that did it those three consecutive years. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're fun to watch. I think you saw a couple other teams come up. Uh, mm-hmm. Wolverhampton, I yeah. know we talked about a little bit. Southampton, they've mm-hmm. got some good players, man. I mean, they do. Wolverhampton especially, I think, I think it's sad that that season ended short because I would have loved to see them make a run for maybe top four even though yeah. I think your Manchester United side had that locked up maybe. Um, but, no, they're a good team. They got, you know, Neves and, and Perez and mm-hmm. Traore, who's, like, just the incredible Hulk out there. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I'm sad about it specifically for those middle-of-the-pack teams, you know, that were making that run. I think uh, I, I didn't include Leicester specifically just because I think they've kind of made a name for themselves. And yeah. solidified themselves as one of the top four, type five teams. Um, you know, it, it's frustrating because we would always talk about those games going into the weekend when they played Man City or, yeah. you know, uh, Liverpool, and they couldn't quite pull them out. But, you know, they could definitely play with them. They got Madison and Vardy, yeah. obviously, and Iozzi Perez coming off the bench. They've got some really good guys. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I uh, – I'm obviously sad. I hope the Champions League at least ensues or they could claim a winner in the English Premier League. It'd be a shame to see it all kind of just drift away. But, um, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love I love your analysis, your takeaways. You're, you're spot on. Uh, I could, you know, 
I could picture you, Henry, on like ESPN FC, honestly, <laughs> you know, on a Friday afternoon or, or on the NBC Sports Network with Robbie Lowe. Uh, oh, I would love that, Kelly. Robbie, the rest of the crew, which I would love to. Oh, I would do anything to get that. Yeah, but instead, instead we're doing title insurance, so that's what exactly, <laughs> exactly. One day, but yeah, yeah one day it'll happen. We'll hear your podcast and we'll start tuning into that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll, we'll we'll take it over. But yes, no, great great uh, summary. Um, yeah, I I think. You know, definitely Wolverhampton, phenomenal season. Sheffield United coming into the league for the first time in, in a few years. How can great. I forget Sheffield? That yeah. was the one I was Sheffield. thinking of. Yeah. yeah. To see them just, you know, obviously come in, you know, after many years and just perform that the way they did. Right now I'm looking at the table. They were at uh, 43 points, so they were right, they were right behind Wolves, pretty much tied. Um, yeah. And obviously Burnley, Crystal Palace. Um, Everton, you know, kind of going up and down, hanging in there. Southampton, who, you know, man, for a team that are called the Saints, they've really been in the dumps the past few seasons, but they still have some heart to them. James yeah. Ward-Prowse, I think he is still a growing player in the league. Honestly, with a guy like James Ward-Prowse, I could see him, you know, maybe in a few years moving to Spurs or um, or Everton. Um, I think he's got a great you know, he's got put up phenomenal goals. He can hit it from outside the box for, you know, penalty kicks. Um, yeah. And obviously, I you know, it's, and then, you know, obviously United, um, I was so thrilled after that win against City at Old Trafford, that goal in the end by uh, McTormey. Wow, that was a draw drop. I probably would have put that up for maybe one of the goals of the season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Buster, I agree. They've kind of stamped themselves out into the – uh, league again is a real is a powerhouse and Jamie Barty I would you know put a vote for the Golden Boot um, yeah. that he's been able to produce this season I think he still has a few years I think off he, I think he was leading going into the whole yeah game. yeah 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 I agree and then which is which has to be the coolest thing I mean it does you see so many guys I don't mean to switch sports but like Aaron Judge who you know comes into the mix and just absolutely tears it up and then you know yeah. you see that it's consistent he's a good guy he doesn't have any yeah. ego. Being from New York, obviously, I got a little bias in there right now. Sure. But, um, no, to see somebody like that come into the mix and, you know, prove that it's not just, you know, a one-time thing, one-time uh, kind of just, you know, great season, yeah. standout season, I think the same goes for Jamie Vardy. And you got to especially respect him because, you know, you see his guys, Conte and Mares, yeah. you know, leave the team. Uh, you can't blame them, but, you know, after that incredible run in 2015, you kind of hoped that team would stay together. But, you know, Vardy stayed, and he's been proving that he's not just a one-time, you know, standout, like I said about Judge, where he's coming in every season, he's putting in goals for them. They're they're a really cool team. I, I joke yeah. about it. I tell all my friends who like watching soccer, um, you know, that, that don't really know much about it, I say, that's a really cool team to follow. They always ask me what teams they, they should follow and support, and I say the Foxes, Leicester City would be a cool yeah. team because if you choose any of those top four teams, it's kind of just like, you know, you're jumping on the bandwagon if you haven't supported them your whole life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I like Barty a lot. He's a great player, a really good character, um, just, a good, great, just a great person overall. And I think it's cool, too, to obviously see uh, – you know, Brendan Rodgers with the success that he's having. The uh, he's he's um, proven it's not just, you know, a one-time thing at Liverpool as well. Exactly. But 
I uh, speaking of Lester and James Madison, I'd love to see him and Jack Relish link up for uh, that little midfield for uh, for England sometime soon. Whenever that's going to be, I think uh, I think they'll be really good together for the mm-hmm. national team if they ever get that sh- get that shot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Probably the one team, and and I think maybe not just talking about this season, but I think really the past few seasons where they've just really fallen short and they've had so much success and the you know in their their variety of players especially one player that name is Harry Kane has got to be hot Adam Hotspur um obviously you know he was done for the season uh son has gone off to South Korea for his you know standard military training um standard. but I think you know honestly I, I, I watched uh, Saturday on NBC Sports Network. They had a classic. It was Spurs. I believe it was a 4-2-1 over Chelsea back in 2015 at White Hart Lane. Watching that still gives me chills how loud that stadium got and the passion that that fan base has. you got to uh, get to the new stadium. I know. Actually, when I was in London, I, 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 I was going to go there uh, one day. I realized how far it was, and I had other plans. I ended up going to see the stadium. I wish I had. Um, and my dad actually went to a, a game way back, and they have, like, a special, I guess, players. They have, like, a dinner you can go to before the match, I think, if you're in a box suite, and they actually have players come out. So he met Christian Erickson before Erickson became Ooh. Yeah, he said it was amazing. And I, I think they lost the game, like, you know, 4 nothing to Man City at the time. But yeah. I just think with that club, they've they've struggled. They've just come up short, whether it's been the injuries or or just the lack of play. And now I think they're still, you know, struggling. I mean, they were sitting behind Sheffield. Obviously, Jose Mourinho is there. Jose, you know, he's he's well known to the soccer world and sports in general. Um, I had mixed feelings when he was at United. You know, he gets the Spurs, and they I think they won four or five game matches in a row. Um, then they dropped. So. I think that's the club that's – I feel like they've had the pieces to the puzzle. They uh, definitely have. Kind of fallen, they've kind of just fallen short when it's, you know, been where they've needed to excel the most. I mean, look, they they found themselves uh, – and you want to talk about Spurs and, you know, the team they are and how they find themselves in a situation where they're in a final or, um, you know, competing to finish top four, maybe even top top of the league – uh, hence that, that season with Leicester when Chelsea kind of spoiled it for them. Um, but, you know, they always have the players, and we've talked about this. I think they have great talent. You know, Harry Kane, mm-hmm. you know, whether you like him or not, he's one of the most elite, prolific scorers in the English Premier League, maybe even in the world right now. That's great. Um, you know, you got Del Ali, who you, you saw Mourinho, made that one comment to him when he came over, and it kind of, like, sparked a fire under him and had him playing great for – to get four goals in like four games maybe, and then you got Son who's just electric. Oh, I uh, love he's Son. so he's fun great. to watch. You got to yeah. for him. He's had some beautiful goals. He's probably been their best player throughout these last couple of years. And then this guy who I just remember watching and hearing about since I've been in high school, but Lucas Mora, who yeah. you know is like probably the biggest stud of all of them in terms of how fans see it being that he put the team on his back in that Champions League semifinal against Ajax. That was, that's incredible because to, to be on that stage and to score three goals like that, especially in crunch time, that third one, mm-hmm. against a team like Ajax, you know, 
every one of those goals, if you look back at it, was just so world-class, so much finesse. Yeah. So they've got all those players, and then imagine if Bale came back. That's another story. But mm-hmm. they've got all these players. It's just like they something happens. They run into a wall. I mean, clearly that was Liverpool in the case of the Champions League. But I don't know. I, they're missing one piece. There's something missing to that I team. You get that feeling when you see them play. But, no, they're they're surely, uh, you know, right on the verge. Um, yeah, and I think I think Manchester United still has great players, and I think Chelsea's mm-hmm. got some great players. You want to see those teams become more consistent um, and get back into the mix where, you know, they're in the top four like they usually should be. Um, it's, it's cool, though, on the other end because you got teams like we mentioned, Sheffield, Wolves, and – Southampton coming in, it'd be awesome to see one of them make a run like Leicester did, uh, yeah. you know, one of these seasons upcoming. I think, if anything, it would be Wolves if I had to, you know, I just, I see that team play. They beat Man City twice this past season. Right. They got a lot of firepower, and they're fun to watch, and, you know, they're gritty, and they're a smaller club, and that's why you got to love soccer. Yeah. I agree. You never know. You never know who you're going to play, and especially in the Premier League, it doesn't matter if you're at the top of the table and you're playing maybe a team that's at the bottom three. They could still draw. They could still win. It could turn into a whole a whole frenzy. So I think that's what really makes, you know, I, 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 you know, I stick to my word. I think the Premier League is the best soccer league in the world. 100%. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I stick to that, especially, yeah, I mean, it's great now. Like when you see, you know, it could be a Wolves against United. I'm going to watch that. It could be a Sheffield against, you know, even maybe it's a, she- maybe even it's a Sheffield against uh, Burnley. I'm going to tune every, in because it's every, two clubs that are game, hot. Every game, you know, every, every game is worth tuning into, especially like we said, you know, given that Manchester United and Chelsea aren't the old Manchester United and Chelsea that they were Arsenal. And you see those teams playing with them and competing and, you know, winning some of those games. It's, you want them to get back to the old, old way but then you don't so it's like uh right you know you kind of have to choose which way you want to go with it but um yeah so yeah i think i think it's it's super exciting uh some of those teams are definitely coming up the ranks and Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate with the whole you know pandemic that's going on right now but i think they they as well as other leagues you know timed it perfectly and did what they had to do but Hopefully we'll see great, great sports and great soccer once it comes back because all these these athletes will be rested. And, um, yeah, I think they'll be uh, ready to get back to it. I agree. I agree. So some interesting news uh, developed recently and I guess just came out. Um, and, you know, it's funny because you think of leagues and, you know, what, you know, happens when players get to a certain level and status and what they've achieved. But the Premier League actually now has a Hall of Fame, um, which I think Ooh, is pretty yeah, they actually just started. Um, I think the first five or ten nominees were just released. Um, wow. And it's funny because I, I think of, like, you know, obviously there's a soccer Hall of Fame for the U.S., there's a football Hall of Fame, there's a baseball. Premier League, I never, you know, honestly, I never, I, I, I thought that actually there was maybe already, like, a quote-unquote Hall of Fame. I don't um, think it's not, a bad idea, though. I don't think it's either. You know, you've seen so many great players. I think yeah. every great player has come through it at some point. Yeah. For the most so, part, like, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't think of, you know, only ten players they right. you know, came up with to uh, induct into that. But no, that's that's interesting. I like that a lot, actually. Me too. 
So I guess uh, if you had to pick, you know, five players, they wow. could be the same position. They could be different. It, it doesn't matter. But if you have wow. to pick five players right now, um, and it can go back to the beginning, you know, for your, I guess, yeah. first ballot, who would it be? Five, five is tough. But I'll, I'll say this. Being a offensive-minded player, being that I've played center attacking mid and forward my whole life, right off the bat I'm thinking two guys, three guys, without a doubt, you know, Terry Henry, Didier Drogba, Wayne yeah. Rooney. Those have to be some of, you know, the the first guys that come to come to mind. I'll, I'll throw Dennis Bergkamp because I've only heard and yeah. seen amazing things from him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's spent only some time there at the beginning of his career, but I'd imagine you throw Ronaldo in there too because sure. he's been great everywhere he's gone. And yeah. he's great there. Um, you know, I'm thinking Frank Lampard as well, mm-hmm. Ashley Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nemanja Vidic, uh, real yeah, first man. Exactly. Uh, uh, John Terry. I think that was yeah. 9 or 10. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. And then I'll throw in a goal. I'll throw in, um, oof. It's tough to choose between Vandersar and Czech, but I'm going to go, mm-hmm. I'm going to go Peter Czech. I yeah. think, I think that'd be a solid 9 or 10. I don't know I love it. his name, but. I love um, it. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, the list could go on and on. I may even myself, honestly, just start, like, you know, putting up, like, Google Docs and writing, like, what, my What are some of the guys that you had on there? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to go. There's so many. Uh, Andy Cole. Uh, yeah. Wayne Rooney. This yep. this one player um, I, I've heard a little bit about. I want to look up some more highlights. I actually did look up one the other week. Um, Matt Letissier from Southampton played I've heard of him. Yeah. I like uh, you're going uh you're going kind of you know off off the norm with those. Yeah. Probably uh Teddy Sheringham. Okay. Um, Michael Owen, you know, I definitely yeah, oh, Didier, Didier Drogba. Yeah. Um, Robbie Fowler, uh yeah, Robbie Fowler, Bully, I gotta put up David David De Gea. Um Yeah, I mean phenomenal. he's he's been so good for so long. Yeah. Then, yeah. And then I, I actually what were you gonna say? I think De Gea's won player yeah. of the year for Man U a couple times. I think he has. he has. Which is and like, as a goalie, that's incredible. But he's yeah. back there and he's up. But so to say, it's, it's funny you bring up De Gea, and I'm sorry to get off track. but No, no, please. I've always thought this was interesting about him, and I think a lot of other people who watch soccer, um, you know, would, would say the same thing. He makes the most incredible, acrobatic, like, unbelievable. Oh, he does. Clutch saves, and then – let in these flukes sometimes, and it's like, yeah. what's going on? This is the best goalie in the world, so you don't really know what to think of him. But no, I've seen him play some game. I saw him play a game against Man City last year, yeah. where I thought he might have had like 15 saves. Oh, he goes well. And, and they have no bit. It seems like it's ironic, you know, because Man City's probably seen as a little bit better in the world, you know, statistically and ranked wise than Man U, but I feel like Man U's kind of gotten the upper hand of them. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He he won games completely just – it seems like he, he really gets in those Man City guys' heads and he's, oh, he's, he's, he's kind of shut them out and he's played these amazing games. And But then you think uh, the goal he led in against Ronaldo for Spain yeah. against Portugal in the World Cup and then Tom let him one this year where it was like a, you know, a ball in the air just kind of slipped through his hand. So – no, he's definitely an interesting one, but he he's phenomenal. No, he's great. Yeah. 
I agree. He just he's lights out. And then probably the last player that I would just add to the list, and I kind of view him as like the uh, I guess pre Harry Kane, what Harry Kane means to Spurs today. Obviously, is no longer in the English Premier League. Has got to be Gareth Bale. Um, oh, his goals. I, mean, I, I if anyone anyone out there, you should look up Wales Golf Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Wales Golf Madrid. Yeah. And I wish I really wish you had come back, but he's just man those rockets when he was on I mean, Spurs. Uh, I'll say when I was when I was yeah in in high school or it might have been a little bit earlier than that before he we went to Madrid. I, I'd probably have yeah. to say middle school, and it's so sad talking about it because that's when like Ronaldo and those guys were still right. there, and I loved soccer then. Yeah, not that I don't love it now, but you know those those OG English Premier players. But it was like, different. It was a little different. Oh, Bale would catch it on his. On his, yeah. uh, <laughs> on his left foot on the right side, yeah. you know, take one step in, freeze the defender, take another step, and you give him one inch of space. Uh, I've seen this goal so many times, and he's hit it so many times, but he does this move. I forget who it's against, but he has this goal where he gets it on the right side, maybe like 35 yards out, really kind of like outside the 18, if that makes sense. And right. he, he takes a dribble in. And the defender's kind of with him. He's opened him up. He stops him. And the defender doesn't really give him much space, but he takes one more dribble. Yep. And he gets, like, a foot of space, and he just wraps it around, like, everybody in the 18-yard box and just hits this stunning goal from, like, 35 yards out. And that was yeah. what he was doing that year. I mean, he was he was really at the top of his game then. And he does. He didn't have the ponytail. He didn't have the beard. He just was this clean-cut, uh-huh. young right. kind of assassin. Yeah, he was, he was lethal yeah. for sure. Yeah. I've missed I miss those days and what a what a player and I guess speaking and it's interesting too it's just thinking about you know maybe one club out there that you know there's still a lot of success to grow but like speaking of Gareth Bale and other players I mean to think of you know Southampton's academy I pulled up the players that have come to there Gareth Bale Oxlade Chamberlain oh. Adam Lalana Theo Walcott um, I I think you know they've got some players from there Luke, yeah Luke Shaw. Um, so that's one club where they've struggled. They still have a lot to do, but I think in terms of just, you know, the academy and the development, uh, I think, I think Southampton probably is one of the best maybe in Europe, at least in, in the world, um, oh, with their technology, well, what they've done. And a lot of people, if anyone doesn't know, I mean, Southampton, I think it was 20, maybe 11 or 12. They were on the verge of bankruptcy, but, uh, they had someone come in. He bought the club. He passed away, I think a few years later, but he really, you know, pushed the money in and really got them back on their feet and incorporated just this great technology with analytics to really go in and seek talent. And, it, you know, it doesn't always have to be the the player who's coming up the ranks. It could be someone like Gareth Bale, who, for instance, you know, I think he hit, you know, puberty late. He, he you know, a lot of people kind of undervalued him as a young lad, I guess, quote unquote. And then he just came into form and the rest is history. Yeah, um, I mean, and and one one club I kind of think of relative to that in another league, and I would say they're they're slightly better than Southampton just because of the success they've had in the Europa League, and yeah. you know there might be a slight bit of bias there because I actually studied abroad there and we've talked about this, but <laughs> well, yeah, Sevilla in Spain, and I could talk for hours about the experience of seeing them play at Estadio Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan, but I would hear the stadium. You know, from my my uh, my my house that I was staying in, my host parent, um, I was like, you know, maybe 
a half a mile away from it. The games I didn't go to, I'd hear it just erupt. And right. the games I did go to, it, it was just the most amazing thing ever. Um, but, you know, they have that club, Betis, also in Sevilla, which is like their rival, and it's actually very interesting. Right. Uh, you know, just in terms of speaking on culture and soccer and, you know, how people say soccer is like a religion to them, mm-hmm. especially in those foreign countries. But, you know, a little interesting fact, Sevilla is actually, the supporters of Sevilla are supposed to be known as like the higher upper class people in Spain, in Sevilla oh, wow. specifically, whereas Betis is more of like the poor kind of like lower class. And that's kind of the divide between them. Interesting. And, yeah, it's very interesting. And, you know, there are like riots and um, it, it gets a little bit dangerous sometimes mm. for those games when they're playing against each other. But anyway, I got sidetracked. What I was no, meaning no, no. to say, what I, I was meaning the, to say about the conversation. Is, like you said about Southampton, um, they've lost so many players to like Real Madrid and the likes yeah. of like Barcelona. Yeah, they have come up in their academy. I mean, Danny Alves, Sergio Ramos, uh, Davia, I think, to name a few. I could be wrong about David. I think he might have been a Valencia guy. But, yeah, Ramos and Alves are the two that kind of – Rakitic was there for a little bit. He didn't necessarily come from their academy. But, right. um, yeah, I, I yeah. just think uh, a lot of these teams, they get their players bought out by these bigger clubs, and it's like it's like a sad sob story, but it's just how it goes. and. Right. It's very interesting to see where they come from and where they end up. And um, yeah. you got to respect those guys who stay around, but you don't see that really being the case too often. Definitely. Definitely. So I guess, you know, in the broader terms with everything happening right now, um, you know, it's interesting. I wrote a paper on uh, soccer, I guess, you know, football in England um, during the First World War. And I, I guess to my knowledge, being a history major, I think the only other time where there's been this, impact on sports was probably the first and second world war probably that. yeah, that. That's crazy. yeah. Um, i was just actually thinking about that this morning um but really you know soccer is such a you know it is like we agree the world sport um how do you think i mean you know honestly I, from just espn i think like that's been you know so many updates about clubs reactions you know players taking cuts uh you know, great FIFA tournaments being held to raise money for, for yeah. being affected and how, you know, teams and leagues are reacting. But, you know, what do you what do you think um, this, you know, do you think that once things settle down, everyone will, you know, come back to fruition and the leagues will continue? Do you see any leagues maybe being affected more or any clubs that, you know, maybe uh, put more, have more of a strain put on them from, you know, just what's been happening? Well, I I think that's a great question. I think it's – I have so many thoughts about this. I think it's great to see the players and these owners, you know, doing what they can to, yeah. you know, pay, pay staff members who, you know, are unable to work during this time. And um, I will say I think, you know, given what they make, and I think soccer players make a lot of money, especially speaking in, you know, Europe terms in those oh, bigger, bigger leagues. But – it's great to see them do this and they obviously are in a position where they can do so. And, you know, obviously have done so. And um, it's really nice to see that. I think you see a lot of, you know, the, uh, you know, just good qualities in these players. You see a lot of them. It's sad. So many fans and people see them for who they are when they're playing. And then, you know, they have the ability to see them now 
and yeah. uh, how they obviously act outside of playing. And it's really nice to see all these gestures being made. Um, I agree. Uh, not to say I don't think it's really affecting them long-term. I think they have more than enough money. Yep. Um, and I saw some of those guys who obviously have, you know, tons of money uh, mm-hmm. kind of just, like, constantly coming in, uh, do some stuff like Ronaldo and Messi, uh, you know, paying to build hospitals. And you see Sadio Mane, probably one of the most humble player, oh, players in the English Premier League. He's done so much for his hometown. Um, you know, he's built hospitals and houses and uh, just just a bunch of stuff. And, and you really enjoy seeing that and kind of what they do. And, uh, you know, it's not all just cars and watches and that. And, you know, they definitely are just like us in the sense that they have good hearts and they're doing good stuff, you know, during this time. I uh, I hope that, you know, the season continues and everything comes back. It'd be such a shame to see, you know, these great matchups, especially in the Champions League, just come to an end. I right. think we have some exciting matchups going into the second leg. You know, Real Madrid and Juventus were both kind of in the hole, and those yeah. are two games that are obviously, you know, world superpowers. And, you know, I think uh, Ronaldo definitely had his classic Ronaldo uh, kind of gear in line for that second leg against Lyon. I think he was going to yes. you know, take Juventus into the, the round of eight and out of the round right. of 16. Um, and then Real Madrid, I don't know, Man City got the upper hand. It'd be nice to see them, you know, move yeah. on past Real because Real's always yeah. winning it. But you never know with them. They're still great without Ronaldo. So right. I really hope it does continue. Um, I also want to see that second leg between Napoli and Barcelona. Napoli's a tricky team. They've got some great players yeah. in the you know, Mertens and um no, they're they're definitely good. Um yeah. you know, and uh it'll be interesting to see. I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, it's very hard to say because you hear so many things about when people are gonna go back to work and right. when sports are gonna come back, but you really never know. Uh yeah. It's a really serious thing and um I think it's obviously important <laughs> that people put their health and, and their family and everybody else before you know, sports that comes second, but I agree. You know, soccer, soccer fans were definitely struggling out here without yeah. our, uh, you know, 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. games I, on Saturdays. Uh, That's all you kind of look forward to during the week when you're working and uh, grinding through that. Yeah, no, I, I love everything you're saying, and yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a crazy time. I think, you know, obviously going back to the beginning of our conversation, it really just with everything that was happening, the historical implications, the way the season was going, I mean, for, for, you know, everyone not to experience like Liverpool, you know, actually winning the league as they should have before April. Uh, I mean, my heart goes out to those guys and that fan base, but I think, you know, hopefully it will continue. They'll get the trophy. They'll you know, get the trophy. They'll, 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 they'll get the trophy yeah. somehow sooner or later. Big ceremony. You know, we'll have the build up and, and yeah, how they how they played. Um, it's interesting. No, that's, that's the best team in the oh, world right now. Definitely, you know? definitely. Um, but yeah, they, they they deserve it completely. They do, and it's great. Like you said, seeing players, you know, building hospitals. Mane is uh is is just a world class player and a world class person. What he's able yeah. to do, and he has so much, you know, more in his career left and, and to achieve, um, you know, the FIFA tournaments are great raising money, you know, as, cause that's the thing, you know, if everyone's staying home, 
well, do you got FIFA? Then, you know, jump online and contribute $10 to helping yeah, I you know, saw family a need a, a hospital. I saw yeah. a wanted a for Real in yeah. their little La Liga FIFA right. tournament. I was hoping it'd be some guy from one of those, you know, other clubs. And it's like Real already wins everything. And then you got a guy yeah. coming in and, you know, winning a FIFA tournament for you. And it's like Asensio is a great player as well. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, they exactly. win everything. Yeah. Exactly. But it's great to see. I, I think the – for me, and, you know, it's, I'm very uh, – it, yeah, the thing, too, it's like, you know, Saturdays, you know, probably a few to Saturdays ago, we we would have been an NYCFC game. I'm really glad we went oh. to that match at Red Bull Arena. Oh, those uh, were great. Those, those were great. great. We and saw I, Tigres play. And yeah, Tigres. And some guys, they had Vargas from Chile. Exactly. You see, uh, you know, playing – yeah. The Chilean national team, and then they had a guy. Uh, was that there was a guy on the French national team I know as well? Was that like yeah. Guignac or yeah? I don't know Guignac. Yeah. Um, but no, but but yeah. you know that kind of gets us to that talking point that we always talk about, where you know you see we we were talking about that guy. I forgot what his last name was, but you know you know because you're you're a big New York City FC fan. But I we were talking about that left back for New York City FC. He seemed like he belonged just just fine. Uh, with those T-Grace guys and some of those oh, other players no. as well. Alex Ring's great. Yeah, right. Um, it's really nice to see some of those players, especially the ones that are developmental, to hold their own and kind of stand out in their own. Yeah, um, I agree. I think, I think there's some really good players in the MLS. Yeah, they're great players. I actually had a phone call the other day with uh, my uh, ticket rep from NYCFC. He was reaching out to fans, seeing how they're doing. So we had a lot of very interesting conversation. Um, with you know the league, I think now it's being pushed back to June 10th, and seeing what's happening. I I do think that it it is interesting, you know, just with what is happening right now. I think the one league that probably has a lot on the line right now has to be Major League Soccer. I think everything is going to work out fine, but it is interesting to see now, you know, with everything halted, um, where you know this would have been obviously the 25th season. It's built up since '94. I think there's a lot more to grow. It's been Great to watch. This past season, I, I can't tell you how many times I had seen all these rockets from halfway and all these goals. And some games really, you know, it had a great mentality to it. The play is getting better. The growth. Um, I, I was pulling up an article earlier about, you know, what the MLS would look like after the return. Um, and it was interesting. It was saying that, you know, about $4 billion has been put into stadium infrastructure by owners but, you know, that the owners are, you know, seeing how the game has grown and the passion of the fans are going to stick with it and clubs are going to remain stable. Um, but it is interesting, too, because the uh, United Soccer, uh, basically U.S. Soccer decided to end, you know, academies, and now that's going to be handed off to Major League Soccer. And in retrospect, I honestly, I, you know, I feel bad for everyone that's been affected by that move, but at the end of the day, I think that actually, you know, Major League Soccer has and will do a better job of developing academy players than U.S. Soccer. I think U.S. Soccer has had a lot of struggles, um, whether it's been, you know, fair play with um, the women's national team or, you know, back and forth with arbitration, relegation, and talking of second tier. And I think, you know, the academies for Major League Soccer have done a great job so far. Um, James Sands with New York City Football Club, Keaton Parks. Um, and I think over time, you know, we'll start to see a, a more solid and put-together national team due to those MLS clubs and their um, academies and yeah. you know, what they're going to do. And I think it just, you know, the game's going to grow. I think that a lot of people are shifting towards soccer. 
And I think the younger generations will be brought more towards that path and sticking with it. Because uh, as I was talking with someone else the other day, yeah, I think, and you probably would know it even better than myself because, Henry, you know, you played college, you played uh, college soccer. I think a lot of times there's great talent out there. And at the same time, you know, players will get pulled towards another sport for maybe a variety of reasons as opposed to just staying on that soccer path. So I think with, you know, the implications of, you know, um, the injuries in, you know, American football, and I think with just what soccer can offer, um, I think a lot more of the younger generations will be pushed in that direction. And I think, you know, even college soccer on a, on a level will increase with maybe attendance and more television contracts and major league soccer will grow in contracts because right now they only, I think, make about 90 million compared to other of the professional leagues. Um, but in earnest, I think, you know, the game is going to, you know, soccer will continue. We'll, everyone will get through it. Um, but most important is everyone just being healthy and uh, being around, you know, their loved ones and making sure that, you know, they're okay. Um, but yeah, I think that it will definitely continue in all leagues and, once it does, you know, it'll be great to see that happen and back to the early morning games, late afternoon games, the World Cup, uh, I guess Euro, when that officially, you know, will take place again. So Yeah, that's a bummer, no Euros. I was really I know. looking forward to that. I know. Um, but just, just a little thing, I, I think everything you're saying makes complete sense. I think, you know, there are so many academy teams, but for it to just kind of, uh, you know, lean more, into those MLS teams, you know, specifically, I think there's no better way to develop players than, you know, doing it within the highest level that you can, meaning, yeah. you know, those academies being solely, you know, put with, you know, the MLS teams because a lot of those players who have that ambition or, you know, want to play at the highest level, there's no better place for them to be trained you know, there's no better place for them to be exposed in terms of, you know, being looked at by professional scouts and uh, college scouts, if you will. Um, no, I think that's the best opportunity for them. And I think, um, you know, a little bit on the U.S. team, I think I think the U.S. team in these upcoming years looks really good. I like a lot of the players on the team. Uh, a lot of them are young. You know, you love some of those legends that used to play for U.S., like Dempsey and um, you know, even uh, Jermaine Jones, those guys sure. are kind of gone now, but you're seeing this new, you know, this new whole just generation come in and take over the U.S. soccer team. And a lot of them are great. And I think uh, that's kind of what we need, yeah. especially seeing what happened, you know, unfortunately with the last World Cup. And, oh. you know, um, I think Bruce Arena is uh, – you know, a good coach and um, Bob Bradley as well. But I think, you know, what they're doing in terms of, you know, searching for somebody new uh, and, you know, kind of just putting together this new team with, with all these young players, I think is good. I think there needs to be a rebuild for U.S. soccer. And I think um, with that, I think, I think that, you know, we'll see more success in the future. Yeah. I uh, I can I completely agree with everything that you're saying, um, and uh, you know as we know we could we could go on we we could have a 24 hour oh. week at this point we could go on and on through, um, through the night through the night yes through the night but uh, Henry hey man it was great to have you on the air we're gonna hey. keep doing this 
Uh, I can't wait. This is I can't this has wait. been so much fun. It's it's like the only thing, kind of just keeping me sane without all the soccer is talking soccer. So um, I'm happy to have been able to join, and I really appreciate you, Calder. Um, and you know, I look forward to next time. Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, thank you again for listening to Check Sports, brought to you by Anchor. Anchor, get your voice out there. It's a great platform to use. It's free. You can talk about anything you want. You can also get paid. You can have sponsors. There's so much to utilize with this great platform. That's what got me started over a year ago. Uh, shout out to Title Vest, Mark Vavilovich, Brian Tormey, uh, Sarah, obviously Henry, the whole crew. Um, I'm glad everyone is doing well and that we're continuing to grow as a business and be successful. Shout out to Renecrate. Renecrate, great company to use for moving, residential, commercial, whatever you want. Uh, shout out to Alexa. Thanks for being a great supporter of the show and Hamilton College. Um, shout outs to the Centennial Conference, good old Gettysburg and Daniel. Um, what a great athletic, you know, competition that that you know Division Three Conference has to offer. Shout out to all my sponsors of the show, Phi Kappa Sigma and McDaniel College. Um, and I hope everyone is doing okay, staying safe. Uh, love you guys. Thanks for always tuning into the show. And uh, again, this was Sheck Sports with Henry. It's a pleasure, my friend. We will be back on very soon. One hundred percent. Thanks a- again. Yeah, man. Hope you have a great rest of the night. And also, you thanks too. to Dan Bokel for the great soccer swag out in the mail today. I'll be repping that tomorrow during our happy hour. And uh, all right, guys. <laughs> this was Chuck Sports. Take care. Over and out.